you got a Bible, I hope you do. You can turn to Acts chapter 1. We're going to take a look at that one verse this morning and how it truly has changed our, uh, the way that we look at the mission of God in our life. And uh, if you've been here the last several weeks, you know we've been working at our core. Um, what we believe um, as a church and our mission statement and how we believe that works out in a, a life. We want to be uh, bring glory to God by becoming fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Now, what a phrase if you could get to the point in your life where someone would say, that's a fully devoted follower of Christ. Not a half-hearted, not a part-time, not sometime, but fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. That's our goal. I hope you would join in that goal. And as you journey in that goal, as a church, we try to identify four things not specific uh, programs, but a process of connecting with God and, and church, growing in God's Word and your walk with Christ, serving one another, and then reaching. That's what we're going to talk about this morning is reaching. As you know, I spent two weeks talking about serving, and I hope that you had time to think about that and pray about serving with your gift. Um, I had a little uh, lesson on giving, uh, on serving myself. Yesterday, I was asked to go speak at a Valentine's banquet, me you know, being the romantic devil that I am, I knew I was fully qualified to go do that. I've uh, been on, only dated one person my whole life. Been on, first date I went on was 22 years old, but I knew a lot of, I know a lot about love or looking for love. And uh, a lot of young people was there, and I quoted a song, Looking for Love in All the Wrong Places, and uh, they didn't have a clue what I was talking about. But anyhow, on the way out there, I was just asking the boy, I was asking Tucker, Tanner, and Courtney, uh, what from my lesson last Sunday would be the reason why we're driving an hour out to this church to be able to share uh, why I would go out and share with them on a Valentine's banquet. And um, Courtney, first one said, I don't know, I was in children's church. So anyway, she got, <laughs> she got out of it. Tucker said, because you have a gift. And Tanner said, because you're available. And I thought that was a pretty good example, right? That, that we are given a gift. And I said, we must be available. And anytime someone asks me to do for God, I want to be available. I want to be able to do what God has called me to do, regardless of if I like it or I don't like it, particularly like it. But I'm going to go and share. And so I got to go share the love of God. Got to share John 3.16. Matter of fact, I used that verse, put my name in it, put their name in it, just talking about how God loves them. And so let me encourage you to be faithful, to be available with your gift. And in our church, and, and those who serve the body of Christ, you know uh, that you could be used by God if, you're, if you use your gift and you're available. This morning we come to reach. And uh, when we come to reach, Acts 1-8 really rocked the disciples' world. It really rocked the whole world. It rocked the course of the whole, uh, of the whole universe, really. And uh, words can do that sometime. I was thinking about some words that can rock your life. Um, you know, I love you. Think about the first time you heard I love you or the first time you said I love you. It could change your life. Uh, please marry me. That can change your life. Uh, you're fired. That can change your life, right? Uh, if you think about that, um, it's a boy can change your life when you hear those words. Uh, for me personally, it's a girl. That really <laughs> rocked my life. It still is rocking my life. Uh, she's only 11. The best is yet to come, right? Uh, but she's pretty good. She's pretty good on her way to knowing everything. So anyways, uh, then for some of you, it's a boy and girl or it's two boys or two girls. I mean, that definitely really, really rock your life. But these words really did rock the disciples' life because 
they really didn't have much. Uh, they had t- uh, followed Christ. Um, they were trying their best, but they really didn't know what they were doing. They really didn't know where this was going to culminate. They really didn't know how this was going to end. But in Acts 1.8, when Christ had returned to establish a church or was speaking to establish a church, he says, and he says, but you, talking to the disciples, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And when we talk about witnessing, when we talk about our command to reach, that's where it begins. It's a command. This is not a suggestion. This is not an option. This is not something that you can take or leave. Jesus is telling his disciples, it is a mission for you in life, for you to be a witness. It's a command. And uh, the mission of God is something that every single disciple of Jesus Christ must be actively pursuing in their life. And if you have a problem doing that, if you have a problem sharing Jesus Christ, then you have a lordship problem. You don't have any, there's no other way to put it. If Christ says you're, if you want to follow Christ and be a fully devoted follower of Christ, one of the commands he gives us is to share Christ, to witness to a lost world. And, and, and you can go even in this scripture, but we can also go to the couple of scriptures called the Great Commission Passages in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So when does it expire? It never expires. It's all the way to the end of the age. The commission stands strong. Another short version of that is Mark 16, 15. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So the, uh, the unfortunate part is the great commission has become the great omission in churches. Like we want to be all about everything except sharing the gospel or except being a witness for Christ. But Commissions are not options. And for us as a church, if we are to do what God has called us to do, we are to share Christ. If you, as a disciple of Christ, you must share Christ. You must be a witness. It is a command. And when we disobey a command, our life will not be full of joy and peace and contentment like it should be. Around my house, when I give a command to my kids... If they don't do it, it's going to be miserable for them. I make sure of it. I make sure that they don't get away with it. I make sure that they know they're not doing what I've commanded them to do. Same is true for you and for me. When we want to grow in our walk with Christ, that we cannot, we cannot ignore clear commands or commissions from God. And Jesus was a great example of this. Jesus never got off mission. Jesus was always on mission. You think of all the things Jesus could have chased when he was on this earth. He could have chased after the poverty thing. He could have chased after the political season. He could have chased after all these other things, but yet he was on mission. He, was, he stayed on God's agenda for his life. In fact, in Matthew 9, 35-38, it said, Jesus went about the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues. So he went about every city, every village. He was teaching. He was preaching the gospel. He was healing every sickness and disease among the people. And in verse 36, when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep with no shepherd. 
And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Think about that. And I don't know about you, when you think about our world today and you look to it, it is a lot of sheep wandering without a shepherd. They are weary. They need truth. They need answers. They need to hear about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Jesus even says the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And for us as Christians, we can't leave this out in our life. You will never be the on fire growing uh, all that you can be disciple for Christ unless you take this command serious and you reach your world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. The command to reach, but also the method. He tells us not only that we need to reach, but he tells us how to. He says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit come upon you and you shall be witnesses. I think about this word witness here. You say, what is a witness? A witness is someone who testifies about what happened to them. A witness is simply someone sharing what they heard, saw, or experienced. Now, specifically in this context, witness is simply sharing what Jesus Christ has done in your life. Listen, it's just sharing what Christ has done, what you've experienced, or how he's treated you in your life. That's the method he said to reach the gospel. And someone put it this way, evangelism is simply one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. It is that you know you're a sinner. You know that you were lost and what Christ has done for you. Now you want to go out and tell other people who are lost where they could find bread, where they could find hope and peace and joy. God did not choose any other way to advance his gospel, but through witnessing He could have chosen special effects or talented showmen or spectacular displays of miracles, signs, and wonders. But he says, no, I want disciples to tell other disciples about what they've experienced with Jesus Christ. And that's the method to share your story with the lost world. Jesus and God, to share his message is simply to be a witness and have a personal testimony in the Lord. You think about this. Why would this be? Because when you share something that you know and you believe in, think about that. All you're doing is sharing what you know to be true. God doesn't ask you to be an expert witness. He doesn't ask you to be a professional gospel presenter. He doesn't ask you to be a paid preacher. No, simply a witness, being a witness for the Lord. Many times when I witness to people, I realize that it's the worst job I could ever do. And when you get done, you'd say, would you like to be a Christian and pray to receive Christ? And when they say, yes, I'm shocked more than they are. I'm like, really? Because it has nothing to do with how well you do it or how professional you do it. It has to do with you simply being obedient just to be a witness, just to tell someone what Christ has done for you. And listen, that's why you should have a personal testimony. Listen, a personal testimony is just you sharing what Christ has done in your life. Listen, an effective personal testimony, even more, if you want to have uh, understand what it is, is that you share what your life was like before Christ. Before Christ, this is the way my life was. Then I met Christ, and now this is the way my life is. It's, it's before, when it happened, and then what's happened afterwards. Now, for some of us, we really get carried away with what our life was like before Christ. We talk about how bad we were and how terrible we were and how we were in jail and prison and murdered people and killed. No, I'm just teasing, all those things. And then you say, well, I came to know Christ and then nothing after that. <laughs> Listen, you got to put some more good things that happen after you come to know Christ. 
But you should have what your life was like, what your life is when you met Christ, and then what your life is when you have, since you have received Jesus Christ. That's your story. You tell them your story. No one can dispute your story, your experience, your witness. One of the things I like to do is watch Judge Judy. I know you guys do too, right? Uh, you, you like to watch Judge Judy. I know uh, for me and for others that do watch it, you like her because she, she takes no, uh, no nonsense. Like, like when she sees nonsense, she just stops it right away. And one thing she does, she asks people to tell me, tell me what you saw, tell me what you heard, tell me what happened. And without fail, every time they'll start telling what happened, then they'll say, and a friend of mine said this happened. She goes, no, no, stop. That's hearsay. I don't want to hear nothing about that. I want to hear what you saw, what you experienced, and what you went through. I want to hear your story. That's what a witness is. What did you see? What did you hear? What did you experience? And for us, by the way, when we think about having our witness, does those who you know know your testimony in the Lord? If you think about if you're a parent, does your children know your testimony? As a grandparent, does your grandchildren know your story? Do they know your personal testimony in the Lord? Listen, I've done many funerals. I've done uh, some funerals where people know exactly the experience that they've had with God. But I've also sadly done some where they say, you know what? I have no clue if they knew God or they didn't know God. They never talked about it. Listen, as a Christian, as those who know the Lord, we are, we are to share our testimony. We are to tell our kids and our grandkids. We're to tell those around us to tell, us, tell them our story. Not only we are commanded to reach, not only we to witness, but we are also to look at the progression he talks about here. He gives us a progression of Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So he begins with Jerusalem. We were drawing circles. It would be a small circle, Judea, a bigger circle, Samaria, more of a region, and then to the ends of the earth. That's the pattern. He says, you start at home. And listen, if our, our, if our light don't shine at home, it shouldn't shine anywhere else. We start at home being a witness. We start at our workplace. We start at our school place. We start in our neighborhood. We start right in our hometown, right in our Jerusalem. And then as we go out, we move from there in our families, in our community, in the world, and all the way to the ends of the earth. He said, that's the process. That's the pattern. And as the pattern works itself out, that's how we are to witness it. That's our, how we're to share the gospel. That's how we're to tell people the good news. And then uh, when you read in Revelation, it's such a beautiful picture. Because in Revelation chapter 7, it comes before the throne of God. And it says, I looked and I, saw, and I looked and behold, a great multitude which no one could number of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb clothed with white robes with palm branches in their hand and crying out with a loud voice saying, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to, and to the Lamb. Think about that. A great multitude. A great number. That's what I love to share the gospel. That's why I love John 3.16. For whosoever... That means for anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That we serve a God that we can share the gospel with any tongue or any tribe or any nation or any person in our family. And we know that, the, that we can share and be a witness to be a part of seeing them one day around the throne of God. Think about that. I hope you'll be there in that crowd. I hope I'll be there in that crowd. I hope my kids will be there in that crowd and my grandkids will be in that crowd. And I hope that as we share the gospel, that we'll see a great number that no one could ever see or even number of nations and tribes and peoples and tongues. From our Jerusalem 
all the way to the ends of the earth. You ask yourself, how is your reach? Are you involved in sharing Christ with your family? Are you involved with sharing Christ with your neighborhood? Are you involved with sharing Christ at your school? Are you involved with sharing Christ in your, in, in your football team or your basketball team? That's the method. That's the progression that we have. That's the command that we have and the method we have to be a witness. But also, he gives us the power to do it. Look at the very first part. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Now, many times we might read by that, but even in the Greek here, the word here is an imperative. It means this is the focal point of the passage, that you shall receive power, that you shall be given the God's power. Literally, the word means dunamis, or where we get our word dynamite from. It is a power that has the ability to change souls, the power to ability to change minds, the power and ability to change a life. He's saying when you go, you go in the power of God, in the power of the Holy Spirit. And when you share words, it's not empty, it's not dry. It's filled with the power of God, the dynamite power of God. And listen, when we share, when we share, when we share the gospel, it's not our power or our strength that changes people. I think this is one thing that frustrates Christians more than anything else when they witness is that we can't change someone. You can't change your husband. You can't change your wife. You can't change someone, but yet the Holy Spirit can change them. The power of God can change them. And when you speak the power of God and you see the life-changing power that's in the, in, in the gospel, it changes hearts. It changes uh, dark hearts. It changes hard hearts. It changes stony hearts. That it can take it and change it because it's filled with the power of God and the authority that we have is in the Lordship of Jesus Christ and the power that we have is like a dynamite power. Like I said, when you share the gospel, you share it spirit-filled. When you witness, you don't witness in your own power and strength. You witness in the power of the presence of Jesus Christ Himself and you have the authority to do it. Listen, when we come, he, we ask Him for this power which gives us authority and this authority gives us boldness. Do you know why you have a right to share Jesus Christ? Because Christ has given you the authority to do that. He's given you the boldness to do that. He's given you the power to do that. And it's the power we have as the Holy Spirit comes and invades our life. We share Christ and he gives us this ability to be able to share things and to talk about Christ and to share the love of Jesus with anyone. So I know it's tough. And let me tell you, when you witness to someone, sometimes the hardest name to get out is the name of Jesus. But let me tell you, when you get the name of Jesus out, you realize that's where the power is. That's where the power is when you, say, when you talk about the Lord and you talk about the name of Jesus. That's where the power is. That's where you get the power. That's where you're full of power. That's the power that can convict sin and change hearts. And when you share Christ, you don't share it in your own strength and your own power. You share it in God's power. You share it in the power of the Holy Spirit. You think about these disciples. Most of them were uneducated. Most of them were weak-willed. Most of them were shy. Most of them did not have a lot of wisdom. Most of them was not at the top of their uh, society. But through the Spirit, they were bold. They were wise. And when they shared the gospel, people's hearts were changed. And you think about this story. Peter left from here and he went and he preached. And 5,000 people got saved at one time. 5,000 people. Man, when I start, first started preaching, I thought I was going to be like Billy Graham, right? I mean, Billy Graham could witness to a telephone pole and five people walked come to, come to know the Lord, right? 
Listen, it's so full of power, so full of power. Listen, you may not always see this, but let me tell you, if you consistently witness, you will see the power of the Lord in your life. You will see him change hearts of stone. You will see him change lives. And here were these, these disciples, and they wanted to be something so much more than what they were. And they tried, and they tried, and they tried, and they never could. And all of a sudden, the power of the Holy Spirit came, and Peter was preaching, and 5,000 people. Another time, 3,000 people got saved. And John, and you take a look at every one of the disciples, they were so full of the power of God, that every one of them were so bold, so dedicated, so uh, filled with the power of God that they were willing to give their life for sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's a changing. That's life changing. And yet we're afraid to share the gospel sometimes because our friends might not like us or because someone on Facebook might not like what you say or someone in your neighborhood might be mad at you or someone on a football team or a basketball team might look at you weird. Listen, when we command, we know the command and we're filled with the power of the Spirit, we have boldness, we have wisdom, and we can share the life-changing power of Jesus Christ. Let's think about having the power of God. I remember this story of this elderly lady. She had wrote this story, and she had reached a place in her life where she couldn't no longer go out and buy gifts anymore. And uh, this was before Amazon, by the way. So she couldn't just have Amazon, have it shipped to their house. But she would always buy for her grandchildren and her children. She was very, very wealthy. And so she still wanted to bless them in some way. So this year, uh, she had decided that she was going to take a card and write the card and then put a sizable check in each card. And in the card, she wrote, Merry Christmas. I love you. P.S. Go buy your own gift this year. And she put the card in there. She put the check in there. So she mailed all the cards out in Christmas and came and went in January. She realized that no one had thanked her. No one would have to say, hey, thank you very much, or, or this is what I got. And so one day, she was rearranging her desk, cleaning up her desk, and she realized that she had left all the checks sitting on her desk and forgot to put the check in the card. And so if you could imagine getting a card saying, have a Merry Christmas, P.S., go buy your own gift this year from your wealthy grandmother or your wealthy mother, you would probably think you got stiffed, right? You'd probably think, well, that dirty woman, right? She... She kept all her money, and then she tells me to go buy a gift, right? Listen, that's not what God has done to us. Listen, God hasn't said, go witness in your own power. God hasn't said, go try your own way. God hasn't said, go do this, and I won't give you the power. No, he's written the check, and he gives you the power, and we can have the witness. We can be bold. We can share Christ. We can see hearts change because he has given us the power. He's given us the Holy Spirit power. He's given us power beyond we can even reach. And when we go to our world, and we might be scared or we might be timid, but when we ask Christ to fill us with his full of his Holy Spirit, as we witness, we can see lives changed. We can see hearts changed. We can see families changed. We can see marriages changed. We can see kids changed. We can see anything that God wants to do in their heart. He has given us the power to do that. And listen, for us as Christians, that's our job, to be a witness and to be full of the Spirit of God. And you say, well, how can I be filled with the Spirit of God? It's easy. What I like to do is just confess all my sins. Listen, you can't be filled with the power of God if you're filled with your own sins. We're talking about this on Wednesday night, talking about being holy, talking about wanting the power of God in your life. And then we're going to be talking about the coming of Christ here, coming soon, being presented before the Lord. But listen, when we have sin in our life, we're not going to have the power of God in our life. When you go witness to your coworkers, you go witness to your neighbor, you go witness to your friends, and you have sin in your life, you're not going to be a very strong witness for them. 
And so we got to confess our sins. Then we got to ask God to use us fully. Say, Lord, I am yours. Wherever you are, wherever I may be, I want you to use me. And listen, this is tough because a lot of times we get off track. And I could stand here this morning and tell you about how great it is to witness, and we can leave from here and say we're going to our mission field. But Monday morning, when you go out to your car and you're running to work, it's a whole different story to be on mission for God. Because you're thinking about how you're late for work or how your kid's going to get here or how this is going to happen. For me, <clears throat> the last couple of weeks has been if my van's going to make it or not because my work van's been breaking down and had a transmission go out in it. And um, <clears throat> I had this little guy fixing it over on Phillips Highway, paid him $2,600. First time I took it out, it broke down again. And I, I did not feel like witnessing to that guy, trust me. <laughs> but when I went up there, I think I did put a little bit of the fear of God in him because he... <laughs> kind of looked at me like, hey, big guy, what's wrong? <laughs> like, I just pushed a van down the side of the road. I've been stuck over here for a while. But let me tell you, sometimes you don't feel like it when you go somewhere and someone's not nice to you or someone's part of your life or you meet somebody that you work with you don't like. But listen, you got to stay on mission. You got to keep the main thing the main thing. And beyond you making a paycheck, beyond you being on a football team or a basketball team, beyond you being in a neighborhood to have a nice place to live, is you're there to share Christ. You're there to be a witness. You're there to be a light. And for you to realize your testimony means more than any of those things. And for us as a church, too, we got to stay on mission. There's a lot of things we can get, we can get pulled into or tied into. You see churches get pulled off in political directions. You see churches get pulled off into social justice things. You see churches get pulled all sorts of ways. But, but the key is, are you focused on the main thing? The main thing God has called us together for brothers and sisters in Christ is to go out and be witnesses and share the gospel. That's something we can all agree on. That's something we can all be on part of the mission. That we are all beggars wanting to tell other beggars where to get bread. We are all want to tell someone where they can know Jesus and they can have a, a, a eternal life and they can have peace and they can have hope. They can have joy in their life. And when we do that, we confess ourselves, we present ourselves for God to use us and we ask God to fill us with the Holy Spirit. He will do it. He will fill you full of the Holy Spirit. And as you go, you will witness and you will see lost people come to know him and to know who he is. And I hope as you look to these things, all four of them, and the goal of this whole series was to see where you're at and where you need to be. Are you connecting with God? Are you growing in your walk with the Lord? Are you serving Him with your spiritual gift? Are you reaching and witnessing and telling others about Jesus Christ? Because if you're not, you're missing out. You're missing out on God's best for your life. You're missing out on what God's plan for you. Maybe you got two out of the three. Maybe you got, I mean, two out of the four. Maybe you got three out of four. This year, just commit. Say, I'm going to work on this one. I'm going to focus on being a better witness. I'm going to focus on serving the Lord. I'm going to focus on growing in my walk. Whatever it may be, that we may be fully devoted followers of Christ, connecting, growing, serving, and reaching our world. Let's pray together.